0: Hello and welcome Just a Family. This is giving you something to talk about or Just a Live TV as I like to call it. I'm your host, Melissa Kretschler. I'm an identity coach, spiritual teacher, business mentor and creator and founder of not only Just a Live TV, but also the Women's Supporting Women Can Network where you can join uh, that Facebook group anytime, anywhere. Um, today's episode has been sponsored by Millie Gormelli and I hope I pronounced that right. She is a certified financial planner who helps women plan for their future, plan for their retirement. You know, all of the stuff that we're going to be talking about today, well, majority of it, Millie does. So go and check her out. Her scheduling link is in the description. So go and check that out directly in this video. Um, We're going to be talking about financial planning today. And I'm really excited about that. Uh, Millie works for a company that I used to work for. And it was one of, uh, I love the job. There's things I didn't like about it, but I definitely liked the impact that it had. I'm a very, I love impact. So Millie, I'm going to hand it over to you to introduce yourself for a moment, and then we'll jump right into financial planning.
1: Awesome. Thank you very much, Melissa. So yes, uh, my name is Millie Gormley and I am a certified financial planner. I've been in this uh, particular end of the financial services industry since 2006, so I'm an old and grizzled veteran of the uh, of the financial planning wars as as it were. And uh, it's I love what I do. I mean, I've been working with women for a very long time and I like Melissa saying, I love the I love the ability that we have as planners to really make a big difference in how people People can run their lives uh, because money is tied to so many other things. It is not a substitute for for wealth or for health. It is not a substitute for good relationships. It is not a substitute for fulfilling ways to spend your days. But all of those things can be made a lot better if you've got a little bit of cash to work with on the side. So that's that's why I do what I do.
0: Absolutely. So I um, so for anybody who doesn't know uh, Millie Works for Investors Group, you have that uh, Investors. IG Wealth Management, it's called. IG Wealth wealth Management, yes. It was investors group when I started. Um, An investors group was actually created where I live. So I'm in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, and that's actually where our head office is, is in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um,
1: And it will remain there, actually. So uh, our CEO, our new CEO was asked about that a few weeks ago, and he said, no, we are a Winnipeg-based company, and we're going to stay here. And I kind of appreciate that. Yeah, right, because it's, it's it's very much about the clients. It's very much about yeah. meeting people where they are and making sure that we're taking care of people who aren't necessarily going to get the proper service uh, from say a bank or from another investment firm because although certainly IG wants to be working with clients who have a lot of money, um, we don't turn people away because they don't have a lot of money. Exactly. And that's, when I started with IG, I was actually a client I was like 19 years old, my first job out of college, making $12 an hour, which was good money, you know, back in in the days when dinosaurs were on the earth. And uh, one of the first things I did um, was start up an RRSP with IG, putting in like 25 bucks a month, because that's what I could afford at the time. But it's a start, you know, it's getting people started, it's getting people into that habit of saving. That's really important. It absolutely is. I you
0: know what I love that you just mentioned that they're staying in Winnipeg that was um I I have a dream we all have dreams I have my mansion or my beach house dream right and so I'm I literally have a search on realtor.ca I've saved my search and it's for mansion it just says mansion I don't like the, and I, so I go through the mansions just about daily right just to get oh I like this and I don't like this and I like this right I want a house big enough or a property big enough that I can have all of my kids together. But how many kids do you have now? I have four. Um, okay. But enough space that they're not going to be there,
1: <laughs> right? Like in the general vicinity, but not in your face all the time. Exactly right. And they have their private balance. Yeah,
0: and and my kids age between uh, this year. All of my children will be eight to twenty. So they have, you know, that age range. And so yeah. I'd love to have them all here, but have them still have their privacy and their comfort and all of that where, you know, I'm not walking in on them or anything that I shouldn't be. And they have the freedom to do what they want, right? So um, my, most of my kids will be like, mom, you're crazy. And I'm just like, no, this is gonna happen. One of these days, it's gonna happen. Even if I have to buy a bunch of modular homes, or even just build a bunch of different homes on like this acreage where my, I always tell my husband, I play the lottery. I absolutely buy my lot of max tickets. And, uh, it's funny because I keep telling my husband, I said, I, when I, when I'm in the lottery, I'm going okay. to build myself, not a quarter mile track. I'm going to build my a, a mile long track or even, you know, three quarters of a mile track just so I can okay. buy all the fast cars and race them down the track by myself. <laughs> I'll like five or 10 cars, race them and then sell them. <laughs> you I gotta have dreams, Right? You gotta but, have dreams. <laughs> but everybody does. And I think that's a great place to start this video is everybody has dreams, right? Investors Group or IG was a dream it was somebody's dream, right? Absolutely. Again, my husband and I are talking and and why I was talking about the mansions wasn't necessarily the dream, but I was talking to somebody else the other day and I said, you know, I'm, I want to be the next Oprah. I want to be the next life-changing woman Mm -hmm. and how amazing that I come from Winnipeg, right? And they're like, Most, most Canadians, if they're from a small town or an underrated town like Winnipeg is, don't get me wrong, we have horrible stats, but most of the people who find that success move away. They move to Vancouver, Toronto, yeah. Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal, Ottawa, all of these places, they don't stay here. Yeah. So for IG to say we are a Winnipeg company, is amazing and I, I absolutely love that so i wanted to sidetrack on that for a minute but it is those yeah
1: companies. no and and i appreciated that too so, so i'm in thunder bay speaking of underrated cities you know it, I, we won't get into stats there but uh but yeah i mean the the fact that they the company is maintaining that commitment to canadians is it's that made me feel pretty good about it i mean i've been in this business a long time i can't always say that i felt good about uh because back office will can i can i swear yeah back office will piss you off to no end some days Mm -hmm. you know compliance and paperwork and i mean there's there's a there's a lot of stuff that clients don't see that the consultants have to put up with when it comes to working with any company and it's not just i can't you know take it take it all the way there but it's it is really nice to be working for a company that i can be I I can be proud of, you know, and I haven't always been able to say that in my career. So that's that that means that means a lot to me, like having that working for a company that has that integrity is important to me because I'm a person who wants to have that integrity. And I want to show that and give that to my clients. So it's all it's all part of a big piece. Right. And it's not yes, it is about selling product. I mean, if you if you were my client, I don't make a heck of a lot of money unless you are either putting money away or purchasing products, but it is more about the relationship and the long-term, the long-term help that I'm able to give you, you know, and that's, that's important. It's absolutely crucial.
0: Yeah. Um, no names, but did you do training with the woman that I did training with? Oh, she was the trainer in Winnipeg for years and I loved her. She was amazing.
1: I um, couldn't couldn't tell you. It's been so long since I did my training. She's
0: now. I think she's now a life coach. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Last time I saw her, I saw her on LinkedIn a while ago, and I think she's a life coach now. I think she transitioned into something else. Um, which and I thought was turning. amazing because I was already in coaching by that point. And I'm like, Yay!
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, there are, there are a lot of aspects. Well, certainly there's a lot of aspects of coaching when it comes to like corporate training. There absolutely is. And there's a lot of aspects to coaching and what I do with my clients as well, because it's not necessarily about being a life coach, but certainly when you're talking to someone about how they're spending their money and how they're organizing their investments and, and what their dreams are for the future. Yeah, there's definitely elements of coaching that come into it for yeah. sure. Um, I know people who their entire
0: life is based around their bank account and their, their emotional health is based around their bank. account. Yeah. And, it's, and I'm like, money's not everything, but for them, it, it changes their outlook. You know what I mean? It, just... it changes their, their mindset. It changes their ability to think and, and just be in the moment when mm-hmm. they don't have to worry about that income and there's significant amounts of money in their account. They're calm. They're collected. They're relaxed, you know. Yeah. And then they get into a cycle, but we're not going to go into that because that's not about, with, yeah. what this. No, that's not, is. About yeah. yet. But, um, financial planning for me, when I was a financial planner, because again, I worked for IG. Uh, when I was a financial planner, I absolutely loved it. But it's I, I never liked the pressure. And I, and IG is not a pressure company, which is nice. But there's a still the pressure to. Yeah. The, there is the pressure still to get clients, to make yourself known. That there's a lot of cold calling. There's a lot of, you know, um, well, there used to be,
1: there used yeah. to be, I mean, yeah, there's, that's the thing. I mean, there's not, it, and I'm it's, talking it's seven years ago. Yeah, so. exactly. It, it's a business and a business that's not growing is dying. So of course, you know, the company wants us to be to be out there to be meeting with people to be talking to people. But the thing is, there's there's natural cycles. So as you're bringing in new clients who are just starting their financial lives or they're at a transition point in their lives where they really need a lot of help right now. And you're putting a lot of work into them. There's people sort of on the back end who, okay, well now they're retired. They're starting to spend their money. They're, they're pulling it out or they pass away, you know, and the money either goes to their their estate or it's, or whatever it's gone, or you don't need to be working with that client anymore now that they've shuffled off this mortal coil. So there's, there's always going to be a transition in any advisors uh, and any planners, what we call a book, book of business. So yeah, it's 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 maintaining that flow of clients coming in, clients who are in a place where they don't need a lot of work right now, clients who are in a point where they're starting to think about their estate planning a little more, and you're working on that with them, and clients who have transitioned on to the next phase, and uh, they're they're no longer in your book. So yeah, there's it's always it's always about meeting new people, and that's one thing that I've made a, a pretty strong. Um, goal for myself is that I will never turn down an opportunity to speak to someone new so you know even if they don't necessarily turn out to be a good fit for me as a, as a consultant or as a financial planner we've had a conversation I might have been able to give you a good tip or two and you're going to leave uh, feeling better about you know your whole situation than when you started I am a big believer in not beating people up for the decisions they made in the past you know, like sometimes people are afraid to to call a financial planner to have that conversation because they they've because they feel like they've made bad choices and maybe they have, um, but that doesn't mean I'm going to beat you up over it. You know, it's it's very yeah. much about here's where you're at. Let's let's get first of all let's get clear about where you're at. Spread everything out on the table, if people still deal with paper, and let's just have a really good understanding of what the situation actually is. Once you do that, then it's like, okay, well, how do, we, how do we improve this? How do we make it work? How do we fix it, for lack of a better word? And that's it. I mean, there's no point in beating yourself up over decisions you've made in the past. All you can do is do better tomorrow.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I have, I, I forgot. You know, <laughs> I still have it seven years later, and I still have it. I I yeah. literally it's, it's on my desk, because I'm still a consultant, you know, and absolutely, in various different positions. I'm still a consultant. So I, I still it's on yep. my lamp in the corner of my desk. <laughs> so I absolutely love it. But the thing I really liked about financial planning was giving people awareness. And I like that you said that you don't meet them up, because that's not the purpose, right? It's, You could have done X, Y, and Z in the past. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, hey, you know, if I as a financial planner, not anymore, but if you as a financial planner can, if I can go to you and say, you know what? I messed up really bad. I'm drowning in debt. For now, can you help me figure out how to get out of it and then help me put away and save and plan for that future? asking for help. There's no shame, blame, or any of that in asking for help, right? Preach, sister, preach. (laughs) And that's what it is, right? Um, Financial planning isn't about being rich. It isn't about taking all of your money and putting it away. It's not about you know, counting every penny, but it is about a multitude of different things: budgeting, um, making sure that you have enjoyment money, making sure that you have retirement Definitely. money. You know, if you want to go on vacation, having different different plans for different things, right? I have eight bank accounts. right?
1: Like, <laughs> they all, they all, you they you know, well, depending on what your life looks like, that that could theoretically. Be considered a bit excessive, but it works for you, then that's that's what matters, right? And there's and that's the other thing too. I mean, there's no one way to organize your finances. There is no one perfect investment strategy. There is no one perfect financial plan. A financial plan is a living document. It's something that is you're going to be tweaking it, you're going to be adjusting it, you're going to be customizing it for your particular situation, and how you want to live your life. So it's, it is really important to, to kind of take that attitude towards it that, well, okay, put it this way, nobody's life runs as smoothly as a computer projection is going to make it look, you know, you see those, those little charts, and it goes slowly, and it nobody's life runs like that it it just does not happen you lose your job you get a better job you get married you have kids you get divorced like all these and never mind what the market's doing that's just you right and the market is constantly doing at least that if if not this so yeah the 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 idea that we can make a plan and then have it be set in stone for the rest of our lives it doesn't work with money any more than it works with the rest of your life so the idea is that you, you get something in place that's going to set the direction. And then you course correct, you know, you get together and you you look at it uh, six months or a year later and say, okay, so what's happened since then? What's been going on in the markets? What do we need to do? Do we need to tweak it? No, it's looking good so far. Oh, great. Then we'll talk to you in six months or, or whatever the, the time frame is that you agree on with your advisor. Yeah.
0: And, and that's the thing. The, your advisor is just somebody who advises you. Mm-hmm. You make the decisions. You have the fluidity to say, Hey, you know, uh, my goal has changed or my circumstances have changed. Hey, I got a raise or, you know, Hey, I paid off this debt. I have this extra money now that I'm not putting towards that debt. And then it, it, you have that capability. And as if you have a financial planner that has says, Hey, you know, why don't you try this? Or why don't you try that? Or you as a financial planner have different outlooks and different possibilities that maybe the everyday person isn't thinking about yep. when they do their budgeting, when they do, you know, try to get themselves out of situations or have funds yep. for future events, whatever that looks like.
1: Is that neutral third party. And it's also someone who can really take a look at the big picture. Cause certainly in the day to day of it, if you're someone who's, if you're someone who's got spending issues, right? And you're, you just, you don't know where all the money goes. You hear that a lot. Well, sometimes having someone else take a look at your books is going to be very helpful because it's easier for me to pick out the patterns in what you're doing when I'm not so close to your situation. So I can look at your bank statements and say, okay, well, what's, what's, what's all this that's happening here? Why are you taking, well, something I used to see at the bank quite a lot, unfortunately, was people who would be making multiple withdrawals from ATMs, uh, there's a certain code that tells you if the ATM is at the casino, right? So you're looking, you're looking at their bank history, and it's like, okay, you're making multiple withdrawals from an ATM at the casino every day. We need to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and sometimes these conversations are difficult. Right. Sometimes you do, even again, even though I don't believe in beating people up for making decisions in the past, you can be darn, uh, well, damn right, I'm going to be calling you on bad decisions you're making now. Yep. And in in a
0: way of you're hurting yourself. Absolutely. And that's the thing. People don't realize that as a financial planner, you're not hurting me. You're not hurting Millie. You're hurting yourself right? In the long run, you're the one dealing with your finances. You're the one setting up for your future. Now, financial planning, again, like we said, isn't just the budgeting. It isn't just your day-to-day spending. It's also your future. So I, as a financial planner, as an insurance, as mutual funds, because I went through the whole gambit, my favorite thing to sell was life Mm -hmm. insurance. But not life insurance yeah. for me, life insurance for children. Now, okay. for any of you watching, I have insurance policies for every one of my children under mine. The reason I, some people are like, Melissa, isn't life insurance morbid? Excuse me. And Absolutely I'm like, not. no, I said, you think about it. I have three children, right? I, I've given birth to three children. And my fourth is a bonus. But I've given birth to three children and God forbid, and and I'm not a God fearing person, but God forbid something happens to one of my children. Number Mm -hmm. one, I am going to be so out of it. I'm going to be distraught. I'm not going to think straight. I am going to most likely be drunk and out of my mind stoned in some ditch somewhere It'd be devastating.
1: It's, that's, that's the worst you know thing what I mean?
0: can think of. Exactly. Happened to a person. Right. Yeah. So I don't, you know, maybe I'm not going to want to work. I'm not going to be a one around people. I'm not going to want to do anything. So if I have it, the insurance on my children, isn't to go out and party. If something happens to them, it isn't to go on vacation. It isn't to do any of that life insurance on my children for me was that, okay, their, their funeral or whatever I need to do after they've passed is paid for. Mm-hmm. secondly if i can't go to work i have something to assist in my finances until i am while i'm healing yeah and and yeah. i don't mean healing as in it's all good i mean healing just to the point where i can, can actually function.
1: function yeah right yeah yeah and that I means a trick for me
0: critical yeah, and that's
1: Ooh. Critical illness, critical critical illness is another, another one. Awesome. That's another Love awesome that product that not a lot of people, not, not enough people really know about. And that's not something that uh, a lot of, um, yeah, it, it's not something that a lot of people have, but it is getting more popular and I'm happy to see it. So for people who don't know what that is, uh, critical illness insurance is a form of insurance coverage that you can get that will kick in if you are diagnosed with a life-threatening illness. Uh, so usually the big four are cancer, a heart attack, um, What are the other two? Cancer, heart attack. There's a couple cancer. more. Oh, traumatic brain injury could be one. Um, it depends. Stroke. It depends on the policy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there, yeah. there's multiple different
0: injuries there's or
1: illnesses a- that you can experience. Exactly. So but yeah, so there's but that, that that kind of gives you the idea. So basically, if you come down with an illness that is going to threaten your, your life, uh, this policy can pay out a lump sum. So it's like a life insurance, but you don't have to die. So a lot of people it depending and depending what people use it for, right? So some people might use that money to keep them afloat while they're not working, right? While they're going through treatments or going through chemotherapy or something like that. They've got this money that they can live off of while they are getting back on their feet. Some people might use it to pay off debt. So uh, if I've got a critical illness policy that kicks in, oh, maybe I wanna get rid of my mortgage because that'll take a huge weight off my shoulders and give me the ability to kind of focus on getting better. Uh, some people might use it for medical treatments if they've decided that you know they're, they're gonna make a last ditch effort to do something or other and they want to go to the Mayo Clinic or something like that they've got the money to do so. And then again, depending on your situation, some people might use that money to make their last days as good as they possibly can be for their families. So there's all kinds of uses for it.
0: With critical illness, you like, I mean, it doesn't have to be it's critical illness, but it's not
1: terminal, right? Correct. It's critical, right?
0: So yeah, for, so if for anybody, you're recovering
1: from a heart attack. Yeah,
0: it doesn't have to be a terminal diagnosis. You don't have
1: to be dying. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yes. Um, it just has to be a critical, a critical illness or or injury. It, now, I liked yeah, something again, that could kill you, but yeah. Didn't. Again, I liked it for children as well, and this is not something we talk about even even closely enough. How many yeah. children in Canada and the U.S. alone? are diagnosed with critical illnesses daily right we don't talk about children who come down with leukemia cancer um heart conditions all of these things we don't we don't think about all those now because it's horrible to think about they are (laughs) but but they happen and they happen a lot more than we realize and yeah if we have critical illness insurance, not again, again, not just on ourselves, but also on our children, a lot of parents will get critical illness on their children. And then if something happens to their children, they have money to cover their living expenses so that they don't have to leave their children alone in a hospital while they are getting treatment. Yeah, I don't know how many parents that we did studies on in investors group or ig who how many parents are unable to be with their children because they have to continue working
1: yeah yeah it's very it's really really hard and um i had a thought and it's escaped me um while you're while you're trying to remember (laughs) that
0: with illness though when when you It's like life insurance, to my recollection, it's like life insurance where if I have a life insurance policy on my child, it automatically transfers over to my child when they reach the age of majority.
1: Um, You've got the the opportunity to convert it. Yeah. Yeah. You've got the opportunity to convert it to to a policy, a standalone policy when the child uh, reaches majority. So, yeah, Yeah. so that way they they don't have to have a medical at that point they don't have to prove that they're insurable again at that point. So So, that's another benefit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's like, you don't necessarily want to talk about product all the time, but there's definitely things out there that people aren't aware of because they don't have a financial planner and they don't talk to someone about, you know, what they, what they might need. And to be honest, there are some advisors who are, they feel uncomfortable talking about, about insurance. I don't want to talk about death. I don't want to talk about disability. It's all happy fun times, you know, when the market is up and then they stop taking your calls when the market is down. And no, I mean, if you're going to be a proper financial planner, you've got to be you've got to be willing to be there for people when when shit's hitting the fan, too, yeah. you know. Uh, I remember 2008. I'd been in the business just a couple of years and we basically the market did nothing but go down. For about three months, three four months straight, every single day the market was down like 200 points. And after the first couple of of weeks where it was a big deal in the news, it just it just kept going and just kept getting itself deeper. And then the economy is falling apart. It was it was a really scary time to be an advisor. I spent a lot of time on the phone uh, doing what I call talking people off the ledge. Um, but that's where see that. That's where a good advisor is going to prove their worth is when things are horrible and you're thinking about bailing out on your plan, a good advisor is going to remind you, okay, we we knew this could happen. We talked about this. We've had a discussion about how we would react when the markets went squirrely as they will inevitably do because this is what markets do and remember remember why we set this up you know we're we put you into an investment because we believe that this is going to help you ride out the bad times as well as take advantage of the good times and don't freak out everybody relax go away and you know we'll 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 take care of things as they come along because there will be market downturns as you can see outside today yep. you know the markets down other counterpoints points. But what goes down, markets work we'll come, come up, up. Yep, yep, exactly, and that's the panic mode, and that's that's what a good advisor will do is talk you out of that. This is the thing with investments that always baffles me a little bit. They're the one thing that no one wants to buy when they're on sale, you know? Like when markets are down, that means the prices that, and you don't ever actually lose any money in an investment, a good proper investment. We're not talking crypto, let's not even go there. Crypto, interesting concept. Not ready for prime time as far as an investment that I'm going to recommend to clients. But having said that, um, yeah, the markets go down. That means you are paying less for something that that is going to increase in value, right? Um, you don't lose money unless you sell something for less than what you paid for it. So when you're when you're retired and you're starting to draw down from your investments, that's when we start talking about having some buffers in place. So having a year or two years worth of your income payments from your RIF in cash or in a money market or in something very, very low risk. So that way, if the markets are going crazy around the time when you need to pull that money out, it's not involved, right? So that's that's a, a nice little strategy that we often use. And, and again, it comes back down to no plan is ever static and set in stone. You want to make sure that you You're adjusting it to so that it's appropriate for your circumstances. So when you're getting older and you're starting to look at withdrawing from it, you want to make sure that the investments are suitable for that version of you, which may be different from the you who's 20 years old and is setting up an RSP with the intention of not touching it for 40 years. Two very different strategies at that point. Yeah. Uh,
0: Sorry, my daughter was calling me in the middle and I'm like, what's going on? (laughs) <laughs> um she knows i'm in the show she might have forgotten but she knows i'm in the show so i was trying to i was like i'm in the show what do you want
1: <laughs> kids man i've I got know. it well and this is the thing with working from home right you know mm-hmm. so that it was and you know what the whole the whole working from home thing like this is my home office welcome back. welcome to the mess you can't see the mess out of frame right yeah is that a cat yep yeah, mine's rampaging around the house here somewhere she wants out so desperately she can she can taste it but that's oh my goodness but that's the fun thing about working from home is that we've got the opportunity to hang out with our pets and our families and yeah. the one COVID has not been a good thing, you know, but there have been good things that have come from COVID. And one of them has been the ability to work from home or work out of an office in a really viable fashion. It was actually kind of amusing how quickly, uh, when, when lockdown became a thing and we started to realize that this might not last two weeks, um, it was a really interesting how quickly the insurance companies, the investment companies all got on board and got the technology up and running. Um, so I can work from home, I can work virtually, and it, it increases my reach. So I've got clients all across Ontario, some of them I may never actually meet in person because we're just too far away from each other, but it works because the technology makes it work. So the, the, the way we do business as advisors is changing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. Um, so she, uh, I'm going to have to end this, not yet, uh, okay. but I will have to end this about two fifty. Um, just right. you know, it's been about no, no, that's okay. Hey, uh, I guess this she is life, life is more important. She hurt her foot really bad and she said it, she, oh, she can't walk without crying, so she wants me to pick her up from school today. So, yeah, that's a pretty good it. excuse. Yeah, so <laughs> I'll do it, but that means I have to leave 10 minutes early, but that's okay. So, financial planning, um. Yes. <laughs> So biggest takeaways and and I'm not talking about takeaways is to end it at this point, but biggest takeaways is one, it's not all about budgeting, but budgeting is, is, is actually budgeting can, is hugely important, but there's different ways to budget based on your style. Right. Um, Even as whether you're like me and you write down all your bills, whether you are, you know, have a calculator or, QuickBooks or, um, an actual budget, you know, even if you write checks or do everything online banking, whatever that
1: looks like, budgeting can work for you and it doesn't have to be hard. Absolutely. I've always said that budgets are like diets. You know, Mm -hmm. the, the one that works is the one you're going to stick to. Um, and like you say, some people are very adamant about tracking every penny Uh, personally, for me, I I don't do that. I've got a really good handle on what's in my bank account on any given day. And, you know, I don't do automatic bill payments, because I like to be the one in control of when that money goes out. But that's what works for me. So a lot of those conversations that you have with your clients is trying to figure out how you can get them working with something that's going to work for them. You know, usually the hardcore spreadsheet people, they're way ahead of you and they're they're all they they come in with their Excel sheets and it's all it's all done and taken care of. And it's it's amazing. Um, And then for other people, they uh, every once in a while, I will have a new client come in and they are just they're just so overwhelmed by it all and that they've they've completely shut down. So the first thing we do is, okay, well, let's take a look at your mail. And I've literally had people come into the office with a garbage bag full of mail that's been unopened for several years. And the first thing you do is you take it all out and you get it into the daylight, right? Just spread it all out, pile it all up, shred everything that's no, not relevant anymore, and get again, get clear on what your situation actually is. And then when you've done that, then you can start figuring out how to move forward with a budget or with a savings plan or anything like that. The very first step is always to get clear.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I 100% agree. Um, second thing is look into the different ways your future can hold. We're not just talking about retirement. We're talking about vacation planning. We're talking about, you know, if you do want to send your kids to secondary school. Not all of us are doing that anymore, but but if you do want to plan to send your kids to secondary school, if you want to, you know, buy your dream lake house or mansion, if you know, depending on what your goals are, finding yeah. out if you are set up for those goals, right? Not only that, making sure, and, and I will talk about insurance again, because that was my favorite part, which is why I talk about the product, because that was always my favorite part. It was making sure that you're set up for the just in case, right? Because Absolutely. we don't yeah. know when our expiry date is. We don't know when shit's going to hit the van. We don't know right so being yeah. prepared well, this is, this act, is what even, makes
1: planning an actual job
0: yep and <laughs> and, and it's, it's not if even not, if planning for when it happens it's planning if it happens right where yeah. you know if you're putting money aside to um and I think with the critical illness there is something different with that as well if you reach a certain age I think it is
1: um some policies a will allow you to yeah so some policies will have what we call a return of premium extension on it so when you reach a certain age and you haven't used the policy you'll get at least a portion of the premium that you paid back so it's sort of a little little guarantee on the back end insurance is one of those things that it's not just one thing there are so many ways that you can structure an insurance portfolio that yeah. will will you can use it as a savings plan to some degree. I'm not a huge believer in, you know, let's buy whole life and that should be where all your money goes now. Um, but yeah, you can use term policies, you can use universal life policies, you can use critical illness and disability. Long-term care policies are starting to become, the people are starting to not use them as much because they've gotten very, very expensive in the last few years. Uh, but certainly when they came out, you were in the business when they came out, they, they were a huge... Uh, leap forward in the idea of of insurance coverage now we can use a universal life policy in almost the same way but be that as it may see i uh, have a universal when when i
0: became a client because i was a client first when i became a client it was when my second child was born and my husband and i had just gotten married and i'm like i need life insurance like i i I need it and at that point in time i got i think uh $350,000 life insurance policy. I was 25, um, almost
1: 26. Non-smoker? No, I was a smoker. Okay, even Um, if that, because you were so young, it's relatively cheap coverage. So with
0: myself and my three children on my policy, I think the total, um, each of them is 10,000 and then mine's 350. And I think I pay 113 a month. Not, bad. Not bad.
1: But I wouldn't yeah. be insurable now. And there you go. Right. So insurance is one of those things mm-hmm. you don't want to put it off until you think you might be close to needing it because yep. the older you get and the sicker you get, the less insurable you are. And it, it'll, it'll come to a point where an insurance company won't take any amount of money to take the risk that something's going to happen to you in the short term, yep. which is kind of demoralizing in a way. It's like, uh, you mean I'm not worthy. You're not, you don't want my money. And they're like, we don't, you know, we, yeah, we, we don't, don't want the risk. So We don't want the risk. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and that's, you know what I I'm, I'm a coach, right. And I'm careful who I work with. I won't work with people who aren't ready to change because it's not that they're not worth it, but I know that I'm running the risk that they're not going to be happy because they're not doing the actual work. Yeah. Right. So if I had waited for my life insurance policy, I've had a cardiac ablation. So I've, I've had a, a heart condition. I have had, you know, um, a couple other things go on in the last few years. I'm still a smoker. So, you know, I I wouldn't be as insurable as I used to be. Yeah, yeah.
1: Very few of us are. I mean, and it's not something that we think about necessarily because we're all going to be young forever, right? Uh, But life does not work that way. And yeah, a a lot of what we do certainly as insurance agents is, is talking to people about life does not work that way. And you have to be prepared for the way that life can work. And sometimes the way life can work is really shitty. Yeah. Or people relying on their,
0: their work life insurance.
1: Well, and that's the thing, or God forbid, mortgage life insurance. That's that's a whole, I got a whole ramp. None of us Um, like that.
0: None of us like mortgage (laughs) life insurance. Do not get mortgage life insurance unless you are uninsurable.
1: Exactly. Well, and if you're uninsurable, then the mortgage life insurance won't help you either. So here's here the explanation of mortgage life insurance Yeah. for those who are wondering what's wrong with mortgage life insurance, because it sounds great, right? So when you're signing up for your mortgage, here's another two ticky boxes on the umpteen pages of documents they want you to sign. Well, this is for your life insurance. That's for your critical illness. Just check that. It'll be fine. But what they're not telling you, because they, your mortgage agent is very rarely also a qualified life insurance agent. 99.9 times out of 100, they are not really aware themselves of what it is that they're they're giving you. So a mortgage life insurance policy is an insurance policy that's attached to your mortgage that pays off the balance of your mortgage if you die. Sounds great, except... That policy is not owned by you. That policy is owned by the bank and it's used by the bank to cover its liability. It's covering the bank's but not yours. You are paying the same premium all the way through And the policy only pays the balance of the mortgage. So you're paying the same premium all the way through, but your mortgage balance is going down and down and down over time, ideally, because you're paying it off. So whether something happens to you right away when the mortgage is $500,000, or it's towards the end of that mortgage is five grand, you're going to pay the same premium, and it's only going to pay for the mortgage balance. It's not transferable, it's not And then then there's the underwriting issue. There have been cases where insurance companies have determined after the fact that, no, you know what, this person isn't insurable and we would not have covered them. So they'll say, well, we'll give you your premium back, but you're still on the hook for the mortgage. And people are going through their lives thinking they've got this coverage when they really don't. So again, like you said, I mean, mortgage insurance coverage is certainly better than absolutely nothing, but not by a hell of a lot. So if you're young, getting your first house, One of the first things you should do is starting to look at getting life insurance on your own that you own that you take with you, because and it's it's likely to be a whole lot cheaper as well.
0: Part of part of financial planning, when we go through your application or your thoughts on life insurance, it's Mm -hmm. different at different stages, right? If you've just gotten a five hundred dollar mortgage, you wanna you wanna get enough money in your life insurance that covers that mortgage. That covers cars that covers, you know, uh, if you want to, there's like a whole questionnaire we go through. What do you want to pay
1: for? If
0: you pass away tomorrow, what do you want covered?
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Do you You want, you don't
1: need life. Okay. Put aside. You do not need life insurance. Mm -hmm. You as an individual do not need life insurance because you're dead. It doesn't matter what you need life insurance for is for those people who are going to be financially devastated by your loss you know, and emotionally devastated, but it is mostly for financial devastation because that's the the things we can put numbers on. Um, And if someone is going to be financially devastated because you died, that's when you need life insurance. Bottom line. And if you don't have that person in your life, then yes, you could make a case that you don't. And you don't necessarily need the same amount of insurance all the way through. When you're young and you're starting out, you have small kids and a mortgage and a whole pile of debt, and you're just kind of getting yourself established. That's when you need the most life insurance, because that's when the effect of your death can be the most devastating as you get older. um, So like my husband and I, you know, no kids, mortgage is going down, we have life insurance that's going to cover everything that we need to. But we don't need the same kind of level of insurance that you with four kids needs. We just don't because the only person who's going to be well, the only creature who's going to be financially devastated by either one or both of our deaths is the cat. You know, when you get to the point in your life where you've got more assets than you have debts, that's the time to start looking at your insurance policies. And the nice thing about a lot of term life insurance policies, if if the main focus of your insurance is to cover your debts, if you were to die, um, the nice thing about a lot of term policies is that you do have the option later on to convert them to a permanent policy, because a permanent policy can provide a lot of benefits when they're talking about building your estate. One good use uh, for them is, let's say you've got a camp a cottage in the family, and you want to keep it in the family, but there's going to be capital gains tax on that cottage on your death. If you've got a whole life policy that would cover that amount of capital gains, boom, done and dusted, the kids don't have to worry about trying to pay off taxes after your death. So there's, there's all kinds of ways and strategies that you can use insurance. That is another
0: thing. Business. Ooh, let's talk about that
1: quick before we go.
0: Um, so one of the things I even learned, I was a paralegal before I became an IG operative. And I'm going to say operative because I like that word. Um, (laughs) before I worked for IG, I worked for lawyers. And so it was real estate. It was, um, wills and estates it was all of that right those are my two favorites um with that succession in business right it it, when you're doing business it's not just the finances of the business it's not just getting the business up and running it's what what's going to happen to that business something happens to you do you have partners are you leaving it to your children Are you, what are you doing with all of that? So it's planning for that as well, right? That transition, something happens. What's What's the
1: structure of the business? Uh, You know, who's doing what, what's going to happen? And there's employees too. So what happens if you run some sort of artisanal something or other, and you've got a craftsman working for you, who is the heart and soul of your product? What happens if something happens to him, right? Will you be able to keep the business going? while you try to replace that person so yeah there's there's all kinds of ways that you can use insurance to fund buy sell agreements for instance so if someone passes away or or, you know wants to retire and there's oh it's too complicated to get into in the like the six minutes we've got left but the long and the short of it is is if you're setting up anything in your life you need to have a good conversation with a professional about insurance i think that's that's yeah do that
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, unfortunately, I do have to cut it short
1: because the kid needs her mom. What are you gonna do? It's fine. But Noah, thank you very much for the opportunity to uh, to chat with you on this. Always happy, like I said, always happy to talk to new people. Uh, if you're in Ontario and you need financial planning services, let me know. We'll talk. Absolutely. Um,
0: All right. Everybody watching, if you are in Ontario, connect with Millie. Trust me. I just because i'm no longer a financial planner doesn't mean that I don't see the benefit in it it didn't work for me I, I lived in a very rural community that was very either religious or farming you didn't bring financial planning into that community it didn't work so it didn't work for me um but Millie is amazing go and check her out again link in the description go set something up with her if you're in Ontario Even if you're not in Ontario and you have a couple of questions, absolutely reach out to Millie and, you know, excuse me, maybe she can connect connect you with somebody that's local to you. So go and check that out. And if you want to reach out to either myself or Millie, again, links in the description. Um, hmm. Other than that, I think that's it. Go like and follow the show. Pick us up on LinkedIn, please. Okay, so here's the dilemma with LinkedIn. All right. My profile on LinkedIn for the show is Melissa Kretschler giving you something to talk about. Yeah. I have 135 connections on that profile. I'm just about able to go live. Now, the show's page, the company page for the show has 14. Uh-huh. <laughs> 14. That's it. We need so you're more. to need a couple more we do um even if i get enough we need 150 to be classified as being able to even go live on linkedin so if people want to okay. go check that out melissa kretschler and it'll say giving you something to talk about and have the logo for the show go and like and follow that tiktok we also need about 800 more people um so go like and follow us on tiktok i know it's a thousand so Go and do that there. And for anybody else, join the newsletter. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, reach out. We're always looking for new guests. And if you would like to see a topic featured, we talk about various topics on the show that are all about diversity, doing the hard topics and bringing awareness to topics that people just aren't talking enough about. So come and join us on the show. Reach out to me, Melissa Kretschler uh, at justalivetv.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Thank you so much, Millie. I can't wait You're to start welcome. talking again. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right, Just a Family. That has been your episode for today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Reach out to myself, I'm Millie, and I will see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.